0: More germaphobic. You start noticing everything when you when you're, when it when it's time to uh, sanitize. Amen. But we're gonna go in and get started. I'm going I'm gonna ask Pastor Chapman to open this up with a word of prayer and we're gonna get into the lesson. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Gracious God Father we stop and pause and thank you once again, God, for another wonderful, beautiful, brand new day. God, a day that has never been experienced in this earth before, Father, and when
1: it's gone, no one will help us uh, not to take this day for granted, God. Help us to be able to realize and recognize what a gift and a blessing that you have given us for. So we just thank you, God, for another wonderful day. Continue to use us and be with us, God. And we thank you for rightness in our mind, strength and our body, clothes on our back, food on our table, God. We thank you for family, God, that we have someone to love, and even better, we have someone that loves us. So, God, we just bless you, we honor you, we magnify you. And as we come in, Father, for this midweek service, God, this midweek energized, God, this midweek teaching, God, and midweek learning as well, God, we thank you for the opportunity. And we ask that you would bless and facilitate, God, that you would anoint him, Father, that the information that is being shared, God, Father, we want to be able to give biblical scripture, God, to fit in what we're talking about because all of these things that's happening in our lives those of us who are in church as well as those of us who are out, God. there's drinkers outside the church, there's drinkers in the church. There's whoremongers outside the church, there's whoremongers in the church. God, so everything that's happening outside, trust is happening here as well. So, God, we want to be able to bring it to you, Father. You said that we can bring all the things that pertain to life in God. That we can bring all of our concerns, all of our anxieties. God, we can bring all that to you. You would give us peace and comfort. You would give us clarity in our time of need. So Father, help us, God, to be able to relinquish those things that don't represent you, those things that make you look bad in other people's lives, those things that cause stomach stumbling blocks, God, in the lives of others and even in our own lives, God. So use Elder right now, God, allow this information uh, through the statistics, God, through uh, just uh, different information than was being taught in church. But we know that your people need this information uh, because we need help, God, that we would be able to live according to your will and your will. So bless us, forgive us. Uh, We're still living in this pandemic, God. We want to pray. Uh, We know that you are in control, Father. There's those who think that you're not, but God, we know that you are, that you are in control that you know exactly what's going on, that you still sit high and look down, well. We know that you are not oblivious to the hatred that's going on in this land. And I thank you for the teachings this weekend, God, as I had a chance to listen. And it's, it's shown in your scriptures, God, uh, that Ahab was a bad man, a bad king, and the people, all of Israel, suffered because of it. And you said in your word, whenever the people are under bad leadership, they suffer, but when they have the good leadership, the people prosper. And right now in our country, God, we have come to the conclusion that we are under bad leadership. So the country, the people, we're suffering, Lord. But, God, we still trust you. We keep our hand. I will trust in you because we know that no man can alter your plan. So we thank you. We love you. We trust you. We honor you. We bless you. We magnify you. And we're
0: waiting on you to come and give us. It is in the wonderful, beautiful, everlasting name of your Son, Yeshua, and Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that we pray, that all of God's people shout a resounding Amen and Amen. 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 We're going to go, uh, I guess, jump into the lesson of we've been talking about uh, uh, alcoholism, uh, alcohol, alcohol addiction. Amen. Amen. Uh, I pointed to you when we first started uh uh how God feels about it. I gave you scripture that shows uh unlike a lot of churches teach that god don't have a problem with alcohol, but we are like like anything else we have managed to pervert it we have managed to go against what god uh God intended it to be for us. Uh One thing about us though, we always go overboard with everything that we do. Uh, and I did point out last week when on, on all the t- uh, t- statistics is that the male gender seems like always outdoes the female gender when it comes to t- statistics and uh, doing I guess those things not according to God's plan. Uh, we up, we up, men are up there. But I did point out, I guess when we was discussing uh, uh, the topic of sex in certain areas, uh, in, in specifically in uh, the, the area of uh, fornication and adultery, that the females are starting to catch up, especially that the younger age group. They're they're closing in the gap, for statistics go. Uh I hope that the females don't start closing up the gap on everything that the male has managed to overdo. Amen. Uh and hopefully we can we can start balancing this thing out and stop overdoing things as much as we do as as much as they that we do. Uh again, alcohol I didn't realize that uh at least I didn't think that it was gonna be a, a, a long topic. You know, because, you know, we got the grounds to cover just like sex. We got grounds to cover for its addiction, though. There are, there are many other addictions. Uh, however, I think, and I was just thinking this a, a moment ago, that we, I think we downplay alcoholism a little bit, especially if it never affected us uh, personally, because alcoholism is legal. Uh, you can go uh, just by any convenience store. Of course, they got liquor stores. You know, you can go to your, your big box stores like Walmart. You can buy beer and wine and stuff of that nature. So I think a lot of times we over overlook it because it's, it's legal, and uh, we don't give it the, the importance that it really is. Like I said, unless it, it affects you, you got a, a, a spouse that's addicted, a child that's addicted to alcohol, a, a parent that's addicted to alcohol. Uh, a relative, a close relative that's addicted to alcohol, that's when you start paying more attention. Uh every blue moon you might see on TV where, you know, it was an alcohol related uh uh incident that happened and you know we'll pay attention to that then we get back to, to life as normal. Uh you know, I don't care how many times they show a commercial or or, or something on the news about some guy was drinking and driving uh, and killed a bunch of people, but yet we'll go out and and trust me it was me too. We'll go out the next weekend or next day or whatever, that, that same day, and we'll get behind the wheel and drive like you no, know, we are capable of doing better than this person that just killed everybody else. And it's just amazing that the person, for the most part, not all hundred percent, it's amazing how the person that's been drinking uh doesn't get hurt. Uh and, and, you know, and I was preparing for this lesson. I was like, you know what, you know, we haven't really been sharing, I guess, like certain stories of, of people that has been drinking and driving and stuff like that. And uh, and I can remember I was buying a, a, something on Facebook Marketplace. And the guy that sold it to me, I guess like, like I do, he looked at my profile. He seen Ooh. that I, at that time I worked for La, LaSalle Corrections. So he said, "Oh, you work for uh you know your correction officer, no, I work in the maintenance department or right that Well he shared his story, he said he was incarcerated you know he he had not been out of prison that long he had been in prison, but he had went to prison for vehicular homicide he had killed somebody and uh and I'm thinking in my mind I'm like, I wouldn't share this story, you know what i'm saying yo yo when I seen your Facebook profile, I didn't have all that, <laughs> yeah, but he shared his story but one thing that stood out to me, he said that he killed somebody, but he didn't remember. You know, he, he woke up in jail pretty much, and he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't remember. He felt bad, you know, he, for what he'd done, but he don't remember what he'd done. Or what, you know what I'm saying? Like that whole incident, he can't really, I can't say he can't sympathize, but at the same time, he don't realize what he'd done. He, he, he can't even picture the, the amount of damage that he'd done because he was drunk. And you, can you imagine how drunk he was just to forget everything? And I'm like, this dude gotta be tripping. But then when he got this vehicle to leave, guess what he had in his car? He had to blow in the doggone little tube in order to get his vehicle just to start up. So, you know, it was definitely truth to his story. And there are many other stories are just similar Yet, like I said, we we uh, we downplay alcoholism. Uh, another famous uh, article, or story, or whatever you want to call it, was the team teen with the uh, influential, whatever it's called, where he uh you know he you know he had the the, the uh, well-off parents, rich parents, or whatever you want to say. And uh, I think at the time he may have been sixteen years old, and he killed like three people. At 16, and guess what was the the factor, the main factor of what what had, had happened was he was drunk. And I can remember the story well because, you know, you know I was, you know, I would, you know, when I get to work I will sit there and read the news and catch up on the current events. And this lady car had had stopped on her, and of course there's some good Americans to stop and try to give her a hand. Well, this kid was so drunk. These people outside working on the car he he ran he hit all these people and killed them and all because he had been drinking and then drinking at sixteen years old, you know parents tripping, you know what I'm saying this dude driving had his own vehicle at sixteen years old, which there's no i don't you know i won't see nothing wrong with that per se, but at the same time uh. When you let your child drive at 16 years old, you know it, it comes with responsibilities. Obviously, the parents mm-hmm. was, was responsible enough to allow this kid to get out and drive with all his friends and they drinking. Not to mention the fact that a couple of his partners was in it was a truck. He was they was in the back of the truck, and when he had the accident, a couple of them guys flew out the truck. So he had not killed them, but he had hurt a couple of his friends because of. Irresponsibility, and parents and allowing this kid to drink, and, and at that time I can remember, because you know at that time they started digging up stuff that this kid had done prior to this. This kid, the same kid, like a year earlier, uh, 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 was passed out in the car for drinking. A police officer, a sheriff, a deputy, whatever the case may be, pulled up to the vehicle. He passed out. It's a female pastor that passed out half naked. Both of them passed out because they had been drinking. Now, she was underage at the time. So and I'm, I'm, I'm like, but the thing was, they swept that under the rug. Nothing happened to this kid. Number one, that was statutory rape in the state of Texas. She was under 16. But they just swept it under the rug. And then a year later, he killed somebody at 16 years old, uh, or you know his age was, because he had been drinking. Obviously, he had a problem with drinking at that age. And because the parents had a few, a, a few dollars, they got him a, a high-priced lawyer. And the lawyer said, well, this kid ain't used to hearing no, so uh, we just give him probation, a judge. What you think? Because he don't know what no means. And the judge said, okay. And I'm saying, what judge could look a family in the eye, because I know they was in court, of the loved ones who died and say, well, this kid don't know what no means, so we're going to let him just have probation. Even though he killed your loved one, we're going to give him a slap on the hand and that should be sufficient. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm like, something wrong with this judge. How is in the world is she even a judge? You know, it never came out, but I you know, to me she got paid off. Because how can you look a family in the eye and know how compassion for this family? Everybody made mistakes, don't get me wrong. But the majority of people who do make mistakes, they gotta pay for their mistakes. Yeah, you made a mistake, but you gotta pay some type of penalty. So what message? If this kid never heard no before, that was, the, that was that was the defense. He never heard no before. So in other words, now you just adding on to it because you're not telling them no. Or not. He felt like it's okay because it, I'm gonna tell you, I know he felt like it's okay because he ended up getting caught on probation for drinking. So him and his mama got to take a uh, try to leave the country, and go to Mexico. Both of them got to be dumbing in the box of roster because Mexico got a. uh, uh uh, uh expedition uh, 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 treaty with the United States. So why why you know if you are you gonna run I'm not gonna go to Mexico. I'm gonna let y'all know that right off the bat. I used to joke about it all the time. If I ever do something, I ain't jail material. If I ever do something, my mom better I never this when I you know I was, you know younger my mom better never put a house up for for, for, uh, for bail because she gonna lose it. Cause I'm gone. I'm not going to jail. But I'm gonna do my homework ahead of time. I'm gonna find me a country that have uh, a non expedition uh, thing. I'm an expedition thing. And I'm, you know, and i, I send y'all a postcard. How y'all doing? <laughs> they can't come get me. And so, but that's just some of the stories that's out there about that, that drinking and dropping. And like I said, we don't, we don't, we look at them and they, they, they horrible, they sound horrible, like horrible story. but then we turn around and we do the same thing. Like we, it'll never happen to me. You know, trust me, it was me too. I, I'd sit there and drink and i play those little games. I'm like, I ain't that drunk. I could still put my hand on my finger, on my nose. I do stuff like that. I could walk a straight line. And So we, we just don't think about what alcohol does to how it, it slows your reflexes. I just happened to be uh, working at uh, Memorial High School last week. And by the, uh, by one of the officers over there in the hallway was some pictures of, 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 of talking about drinking and driving. And so I began to take pictures because I wanted to share with y'all in class just to let you know what alcohol does to you. It said alcohol takes its toll on perhaps billions of nerve cells, passes signals to each other at tiny gaps called the synapse. So the brain is bombarded by countless millions of alcohol fears, slowing brain signals and responses vital for safe driving. See, we don't think about it. No, we think, yeah, I gotta go. I can walk straight, and you know, this thing affect me. You got, you got your same walk on, but you, you just don't realize that it, it, your mind is not snapping like it, like it's supposed to. I mean, y'all. Didn't, I mean, we already talked to somebody that's been drinking. And you ask them a question. Sometimes they, they don't. They respond. They, that answer don't come like that. You know, they got a sit and ponder. And, you know, they might get a little smile on their face and. Uh, it might take a while for the for the the answer to finally drag out, but that's what alcohol does to you. Alcohol is the number one killer. I mean, the number one killer. Traffic accidents involving alcohol are the single largest cause of death for teenagers, killing nineteen teenagers. Teenagers. Killing 19 uh, teenagers every day. 19 teenagers die per day as a result of alcohol. Not grown-ups. Teenagers. See, but those, those are stories that don't make the news. We don't see that. Because you know, we live here in Port Arthur. It might happen in some other state. You know, it ain't it ain't major. Uh, they didn't kill, why they why they, they didn't kill some senator or some congressman or or whatever. So it don't make the, the national news, but it makes the local news. So we don't hear about it. And the truth of it, I wish, I guess in my drinking days, I would had enough sense to listen to stuff like this here. Because been there, done it. Would I ever do it again? No. Can't see myself doing nothing like that again. But it happens on a daily basis. Somebody, if we was in church right now, and somebody, was, you know, is drinking, we could be right here, I could get this class at, at 7 o'clock, we out of here. 7.15, 7.20, somebody going to go have a drink might have too many drinks, now you're going to get behind the wheel and go somewhere else. You didn't got the munchies, you didn't got hungry, or whatever. the case, maybe I'm going to run down to McDonald's, I'm going to run down to whatever, and get something to eat. You know, you're feeling, you're feeling good, but you don't realize that you're impaled. Because that's what alcohol does to you. Yeah. The signals that, 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 that sends, the brain signal that sends, uh, 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 Sickness to your feet and your hands. It slowed down. You know the amount of time that it takes you to hit the brakes on the normal. It, it doesn't. You don't have that same reflex no more. You no, know, from accelerating the brakes. Usually we see something quick. You don't. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. Reflexes. Well, not when you've been drinking. And as I pointed out last week, I gave you statistics last week, and, and not that it just happened out there in the world, it's happening in the church. Because there's been certain pastors that got DUIs before. So if you're getting a DUI, what, what, a DUI, what does that mean? A DWI, what, what does that mean? They mean that you was past the blood alcohol level. Whatever state you're in, whatever blood alcohol that state deems you as being drunk, driving, you, you went over that, that, that level. And that is crazy. But it happens in the church. There's a certain person that, 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 that used to be on the news. I can remember the same news station that he used to work for was broadcasting about a certain pastor that got caught in the DUI. They, 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 that's, that's, they top story. But they tried to sweep what he was doing under the rug, working right there at the news station. Well, somebody found out what he got caught doing, and they, they all up. You're going to talk about one, you got to talk about the other. So they put his business out there in the street. And this same person called himself a minister. But that same TV station, another individual that worked for him, died in an in auto accident and had his blood alcohol level was over the legal uh, level. But they was the first ones to report that because I guess they got caught up before, but we ain't going to do that no more. So we're going we gonna to get ahead of the game now. We're going to get ahead of this story and put it out there. And I said all that to say, see, that alcohol do not care about your status in life. Whether or not you're rich or poor, that you're famous or not famous, it doesn't care. Addiction doesn't care. Not just alcohol, addiction as, as a whole doesn't care. You know, we, our favorite person on TV, they're the nicest actor on that on that tv show oh they they so nice and this and that then you turn around you see that the, the mug shot they have all over their head they're looking crazy uh, no that couldn't have been there. That that's what i'm saying it, it, it affects you know when they ain't acting it's just all what it is acting that's, that's why they call them actors and actors because that's all they doing they, they performing why well, they people just like everybody else you no know, just because we get up we dress nice, we come through the, door, through the doors of this church, uh, church on the west side, church up this way, whatever church you go through them doors, just because you, and you, and you call yourself a child of God, I'm a Christian, and uh, I love the Lord, and guess what, you're still human. And you still are subject to getting addicted to anything, including alcohol. And I, when I started this I told you, you know, just because I'm giving, showing you what the Bible say in scripture, that's not a license to go do some of the stuff that we do. You know, I know a lot of times this is what we you know we want to play games with God. Like, like God don't understand. We'll say something like, well I'm just going to do it and ask God for forgiveness. Well God know what you're going to do before you even, before you even thought about what you thought about saying to God. You already knew what you was going to do. So why do you even play games with them like that? Now let's talk about. I gave y'all again. You know, I gave you my spiel about it, you know against a couple of stories on alcoholism and you know the the effects and what it does to you and some some accidents that didn't happen, some stirs that didn't happen. Uh, uh, real life stories. These ain't no fictional story. This happened to real people. Uh, and, and unfortunately in these stories here somebody died. Now let's talk about signs of alcoholism and alcohol abuse. These are some symptoms and indi- indications of alcohol abuse it Includes family history of alcohol abuse and alcoholism. I can't, I ain't going to go as far as to say that we inherit some of this stuff. You know, even though there's probably some studies out there saying it can be genetic. But a lot of times we're a product of our environment. You know, so I don't care what the scientists say. We're a product of our environment. So if you see stuff, you know, just like, for instance, you grew up in a household where mom and daddy smoked. Well, it's not surprising that you smoke. Because you was exposed to it, in your mind it's okay. And of course they say, hey baby, go like this cigarette for me. And then when you got old enough that you could smoke on your own, it was so, it was, you know, you see mom and daddy smoke on it, so you didn't pick up that habit too. Well the same thing happen happened with with, with with alcohol. And, and and the way I think and this is the way I, I think and I you know, I didn't got away from that, but this is why I used to think per se that we all got our own mind, and if you didn't like it when your mom and daddy was doing, it, why are you turn around and do it? I, me personally, I could never buy that idea, but I understand because we're exposed to it. So a lot of times, the things we're a product of our environment, and if you ain't strong enough, you'll let those same habits uh, uh, take you. But you know, so I had to realize what well, that's that's my thing that the way I think is that if somebody does something that I don't like, either mom mama, dad or whoever the case may be, I'm going to make sure that I don't do it because I don't like it. That's the way I think. You know, that's the whole thing about, well, you know, you got these dudes that grow up in a house where daddy beat, his, beat beat mama. So now you grow up, you're abusing women yourself. But you didn't like daddy, you ready to kill him because he beat mama. But you get up and then your girlfriend says something you don't like, now you hit up. And then that's your defense when you go to court. And like I say, in my mind—that's not a defense because you had your own mind. And you didn't like it when daddy did. So why you turn around and do it? But again, like I say, some people's mind don't work like that. So in their mind, what well, they was exposed to it, and they feel like it's okay. Uh, you know, and, and that that thing goes on for you know you got habitual. Uh, 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 like say, for instance, welfare. You know, you got women that, 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 that's been in the projects. They grew up in the projects, then the kids come up in the projects, then the kids after them come up in the projects. It's just like a vicious cycle. Every, just, just over and over and over again because they feel like it's okay. Or the same thing with a, a family history of alcohol abuse and alcoholism. You know, you watch, you know, you've seen this stuff coming up, so now you, uh, you didn't got exposed to so You want to experiment because you see them do, you see how they feel, so now you want to experiment. Now I didn't experiment, experiment, now that that thing ended up to addiction. Now you hooked on it. There's another symptom or indication of alcohol abuse. You frequently is intoxicated.
1: You don't just drink
0: just to say, uh, be a social drinker you know, sit down, I'm going to have a beer, you know, because it relaxes me before I go to bed, or I'm going to have a beer when I'm eating, I'm going to have a glass of wine when I'm eating. No, you're getting intoxicated frequently, too much. Well, that's an indicator that you might have a problem with alcohol. Again, this is one of the things that you got to be honest with yourself. You know, for me and Pastor, we ain't following y'all home. We don't know what kind of problem that y'all got at your own house. But you got to be honest with yourself to let you let, say, self, I might have a problem with, with drinking. Because I'm frequently getting intoxicated. <laughs> and this is amazing. I, ain't, you know, I, I got some of these statistics, got all these, these notes off the line, off line. but this is why I used to think, that's why my favorite scripture in the Bible is Luke 6, 41 and 42 about the spaking and eye, well, because that's how I felt right here. it before noon. If you're drinking before noon, you might have a problem. I know a certain person in a certain state in the United States opened his eyes up in the morning before he got out the bed from under the covers, brushed his teeth, washed his face, or anything, popped open a, a can of beer, and had a beer. You might have a problem. There's been a decline in self care and or hygiene and I, you know I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I I've never seen an alcoholic that that at that that level, but you know you always think about hygiene issues and products use of those got people that's addicted to to drugs. however. Uh, obviously, somebody did some research, and, and uh, they just they found out that some people that drink they don't they ain't taking care of their hygiene. You know, <laughs> you know it's slowing your reflexes, so you you, you know your senses and stuff like that. So you're not you know it you might take you a couple of days for it to hit your nose. I don't know. Physical harm as a result of drinking. Accidents or fights. If you're drinking, every time you drink, it's always a, you know, you got a problem with somebody. You know, you, 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 you know, some people call that brave juice. You know, you get brave, now you want to fight everybody around you. You might have a problem. If you find yourself drinking alone, A lot. I'm going to throw that in there. Because some people just like to be chilling at the house, you know what I'm saying, watching a football game or whatever, they by themselves, you know what I'm saying, don't care for company, that they, yeah. uh, they might have a drink, of, you know, you know, whenever they, they do that. But I would say a lot. You drinking alone a lot, you know what I'm saying, that might be a symptom. Or, I ain't going to say might be, it is a symptom. The ability to consume a good deal of alcohol without getting intoxicated. A preoccupation with drinking and alcohol. You preoccupied with drinking. I was just talking about this, this, this fella that I know the other day and I, was, I mean, this guy was holding a conversation. And this guy had a pretty good job for one of these refineries around here. Well, this particular refinery had a zero tolerance for drugs and alcohol. Well, this individual decided to go to work one day, he had, had a drink or two or whatever. Obviously, it was over the limit. Well, anyway, when he got to work, he had a breathalyzer. Well, because, because it's a zero tolerance, he lost a good job. A refinery job probably paying $30, $40, $50 an hour because he was preoccupied with alcohol. You know some jobs they, they got uh, 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 programs where they would allow you to go into these programs take uh, uh, you know, whether it be drugs or whether it be alcohol, they allow you to take take go into these programs to try to better yourself that way you, without you losing your job. Well, this particular place didn't, and it was sad to see this individual that had been with this company a long time lose his job due to the fact that he had been drinking. Uh, we never, I ain't going to say we never want to, you know, Hopefully, we wouldn't wish that to happen on nobody that we know, that they would lose their job just because they, uh, you know, they, they had an issue with, with, with any type of drug. And this particular person, in which I didn't know they had a problem with, with alcohol, I just found out what happened to them and I was like, wow. Uh, you know, and like I say, sad as it was, but like I said, but at the, at the end of the day, uh, hopefully, this person came to the conclusion that they had a problem with drinking. Suffering from blackouts and memory lapse while drinking. If you're blacking out and you're forgetting stuff, you got a problem. And I, just, I shared the story with this guy about the guy that, uh, that killed these people that went to prison and didn't remember. So that's memory loss. Killed somebody and didn't remember. And as devastating as it is to this family, how would you feel waking up handcuffed to something, a bed or whatever the case may be, or a bench in jail and you trying to figure out why you're there, and you you know you want to know what 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 why I'm a and then somebody tell you that you killed somebody like I said, it's devastating to the family. can you imagine how devastating that you would be, knowing that you took somebody's life and don't even know? When it, when it occurred. That's got to be traumatic. You, know, you can't understand why there's a group called Mad Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Because these mothers got tired of people drinking and driving and killing their kids. So they decided to form a, an organization and make some changes to the drinking laws, to the drinking age, to your blood alcohol level, bunch of angry mothers. That's who did that. The use of alcohol alters your mood. It's like you're bipolar. One minute you're feeling good, next minute you're feeling bad, one minute you're happy, next minute you're sad, like EKG, up and down. We know people like that, that when, when they drink it, they like Jekyll and Hyde. The nicest person in the world will not drink it, but man, they have a drink. They become a monster. We know people like that. Yeah, I was a talker. I don't talk much when I'm not drinking, but I was a talker when I drink. Ain't that something? Change you to somebody you're not even, that ain't even you. That's what alcohol does. Changes your mood. Alters you. Well, this don't take rocket science right here to figure out that you got a problem with when you're doing a lot of binge drinking. When you start hiding alcohol and sneaking a drink, you got a problem. Because if you got to hide it and sneak it, that means somebody telling you about it. So before they start getting on your nerves, you start getting on their nerves, so you start hiding it now. And without them knowing you want to sneak a drink like them people don't know. One thing about alcohol, it got a distinct, distinct smell. You chew your gum, you brush your teeth, you mouthwash, whatever, it's still gonna it's still gonna come out. Man, don't uh don't go to doing something you gotta sweat. It's gonna start coming out your
1: pores.
0: <clears throat> I mean we all like I said, like you no know, we 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 grown folks. Most you know, hopefully everybody on here grown. If not, you know, your kids y'all to learn something. You know, we all have been to work before, and you could tell those jokers who had been drinking not too long before they got to work or they've been drinking all night long because it's coming out of their skin, coming out of them pores. You know, sometimes they smell like onions. Had too much to drink. The you know, war in Germany, people go to the dining facility and, and, and ask for some garlic. because he had a couple of drinks. <laughs> you know, and, um, and me thinking, I was young then, but I'm thinking like, oh, this dude is a warrant officer. And, and then at that point in time you was a warrant officer. My unit, that I means you was a pilot. So you actually walk into the dining still and want some garlic in your flight. You, know, flights to, you probably had a flight that day. You probably take on one of Uncle Sam's helicopters in there and you had a drink. That's dangerous. Drinking prior to events and social gathering where alcohol will be served. You done had a couple of drinks before you even got to the party. Then you get to the party, you're gonna have a couple of more drinks. Then you ain't gonna wanna leave the party because you're gonna wanna still have some more drinks. You y'all should be going check, check. Job loss or complaints by employees, employers regarding one's drinking, and I just shared the story about this guy that I know lost his job behind, behind drinking. And I'm also well aware there's many more people that probably lost their job because they don't know when to stop drinking. You know, they got people that that that. Uh, put drinks in their cups and they put drinks in their soda bottle and all kind of stuff because they got a problem with drinking. And if that's you, you know, check. You know, you can't go without that drink. You got to go to work and you got to sneak it in a cup and uh, pour all your Coke out and now you got Coke and rum in it or something like that. Man, come on. But like I said, because it's going to smell. Somebody going to smell it on you. Because this person that I knew that probably lost his job at, uh, at the refinery. Somebody told on you. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, I don't know if that's 100% uh, uh, certain, but in my mind, somebody told on them for them people to even give you a breathalyzer. You sure it work for them to get you a breathalyzer? Somebody didn't say something. Or they, you didn't walk by somebody at, at the job and they smelt it. They were one of the bosses. Okay. I'm going to let them slide this time. The next time they say, you know what? I'm not even gonna take a chance. Hey, hey, come blow in this shit too for me. And you don't have no choice but blowing that too. I know when I joined the Army the first time, the biggest thing was they were getting your a, 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 a analysis because they wanna see if you're getting high. But when I went back in the Army, the night before, Basic, I mean, before you report, I guess, to, to Houston, to the, to the MEP station, whatever it's called, uh, a lot of people like to celebrate because they know they're going to basic training. So they want to go out and drink, get high, whatever the case may be. But that day when you show up at that, at old dark 30, because it's real early in the morning, you, you know, you're still technically civilian because you haven't made that transition yet. They're going to give you another urinalysis that day. And now they give you a breathalyzer that morning. And if you been drinking that night before you get ready to leave, because you ain't not going to even report the basic training that day, but they still don't want you to have had a drink that night and, and be drunk. And get to wherever you're flying to or, or ride a bus to, or to begin your transition into the military. If you can't stop drinking this, this, this one time, I guess they figure they can't trust you. So they're going to get, when you go up there, you're going to sit in a big old classroom, before you start getting your paperwork together and you got to swear in again, they're going to take you in the little room and they're going to, give you, they're going to tell you to pee in this cup. Not only that, you're going to blow in this too. And, and, and one thing about Uncle Sam, they, they, they results don't, don't take a couple of days. You're going to get it in a couple of hours. Before you leave that day, you're going to have your results. They're going to tell you either you're going back home or you're about to go to wherever you're going. Another person, like I said, another person that I knew. This ain't alcohol, but it was drugs. Showed up out there with, 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 with drugs in his system, and he had to come back another day. Now they didn't they didn't just totally just say okay you can't come in. They gave this person an opportunity to come in. You know he had to show up like three or four months later, something like that. It not longer. But they they but I know he found out that day. They were serious about that. You can't play, sit there and play them games with. With, with these folks? Because they, they depended on you. Lives are dependent on you. And if you can't what if you uh you get ready to get deployed? The next day you about to fly to Afghanistan or Kuwait or whatever the case may be. And so you have a celebration. The minute you touch ground overseas, you know what I'm saying, all heck break loose. Y'all you know what I'm saying bullets going everywhere. You you intoxicated. That's what the kind of stuff these folk folks are looking for, that they, they, they can depend on. you having relationship with marital problems as a result of drinking too much. You and your girl fighting all the time? Or your girl and you fighting all the time? You know, you know, you, you drinking too much and she drinking too much, but y'all having confrontation. That's what this whole thing about Sam, a friend of folk because it's killing relationships. And that's you, because you can't say no, or you can't stop, or you don't want to seek help, or you don't want to admit that you have a problem. If you fighting with your girl, or you fighting with your man about something that's that's a problem, that you feel like it's a problem, trust me, it's valid. If they feel a certain type of way, it is valid. Because they're seeing what you don't see. They're seeing you have a problem. They're seeing that you're going down a, 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 a long road that you don't need to be on. And if you're that arrogant and that ignorant to not listen, something is wrong with that picture. But a lot of times the problem is that we want to water around whatever the thing that we're doing. We want to be, we want to be there. That's me. I love what I'm doing and I don't care what you're saying. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. And guess what? You're going to cause yourself to ha- be alone because you don't want to compromise. You don't want to seek help. Or you don't want to own it. That's very, very selfish. And I told you, you know, I told y'all my story, because I don't feel bad about it. But at the same time, I know, you know, because I talked about my father. And I know that my father had an ultimatum before, he'd stop drinking or lose your family. And they guess what his choice was? was. Bye. See you when I see you. If that's you, nah, you don't want that. Because everybody ain't gonna feel the way I feel. You know what I'm saying? I understand that the alcohol is not that person. That person while they, they're addicted is not that person. I understand that. But everybody ain't going to feel the way I feel. You might have a lifetime of resentment from your child because you chose to stick to what you like doing. I would never want my kids to feel a certain type of way because I don't want to stop doing something. I would never want my kids to feel that way about me. That would tear me up inside. Knowing that I don't have that relationship that I'm supposed to have with my kids because I chose uh, a substance. But it's happening daily. You have complaints from friends and relatives and coworkers about problems Drinking problem drinking incidents. Again, that's another one of the things where you're not listening. You got friends telling you. You got family members telling you. Not just your love, your wife, or your husband, or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, not just them telling you. You got everybody around you telling you that you got a problem. But you didn't got in your mind, I'm sick and tired, I'm sick and tired, everybody telling me what to do. So you're going to do what you want to do anyway. I don't care what they think. It's me letting me destroy my own life. That's how, that's how some people think. It ain't just your life you're destroying though. If people telling you about it, it's affecting them as well. They're not telling you that just because. If they didn't care about you, they wouldn't tell you. They'll let you just do what you want to do. But when they're telling you, that means they care about you. They don't want to see you hurting They don't want to see you going down a road that you you might not recover from. You know, they got people out there that's that's addicted to some stuff. I mean, they're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, and they're still addicted to something. Still addicted. And that's because they want to do what they want to do. And if you ever notice those jokers that's 50, 60, 70, and 80 years old, they buy themselves. Nobody want to be around them. But the mother jokers who they're hanging out doing the same thing with them and let it not have that stuff they're doing and see what they're gonna still be around you. They're gonna be around the person who got it. The heck with you. You start getting alcohol-related arrest, public intoxication, DUI, lewd behavior, altercations. Right out problem. Social rejection or lost friendship as a result of one drinking. It goes back to the complaints from your friends. society just, just rejected you. Nobody want to be around you. you know, for, for those who like to talk and you know, make jokes and whatever, people going to be around you for a little bit. But eventually that's going to get tiresome. They're going to be like, man, here they come again. Let me tell you something. If you doing what you're doing, and right now we talk talking about alcohol, and every time you show up around somebody, they're trying to make up excuse why they need to be going or why you need to go. That's because they don't want to be around you. Because you're, starting to have, you're getting on their nerves now. And then you got some people that brave enough to tell you hey, you got to go. Leave me alone. Bye. See you. Because now they love, now they turn to resentment. And then when they start resentment, they don't have no help, they don't have no problem calling the police on you. Neglect of other activities. You don't want to do nothing. Nothing but drink. You know, you used to pay Madden every day. Now you don't even want to pay that no more. You just want to drink. Drinking and driving or drinking. In dangerous situations. Okay, you drinking and driving, of course, that's dangerous. Now, I say you're a scaffold builder, and you like drinking. That's a dangerous situation. You might not want to be on no scaffold. Let me tell you something, and they don't have nothing, not just scaffold building. Let me tell you something. If you ever get in an accident on the job, what's the first thing they're gonna do? You? They're gonna you, they gonna test, they gonna take a, they they gonna taste your blood, they're gonna get you your analysis or whatever. they gonna most likely you hurt kind of bad, they're gonna take their blood out your arm. And they trying to find out, yeah, not for your own, not for you. They trying to cover their butt. Because they trying to figure out, I don't have to pay this joker if he's been drinking or he's high. It ain't about you. It's about covering their own behind. You know, their workers' comp. They don't have to pay you workers' comp if you've been drinking or you high. You're going to get fired and you ain't going to get no money for the accident. In fact, you might get sued by the other person for cars or something. You have changes in personality. All of those are symptoms and indications of alcohol abuse. And I can honestly stand before you and say, "Thank God that there was none of these things is me." I might got some proclivities, but alcohol ain't one of them. Identify addiction. Know the signs of alcoholism. While the above indicators are signs of alcohol abuse and diagnosis of alcoholism, a diagnosis of alcoholism necessitates physical dependence on alcohol. The most common physical signs of alcoholic are increased alcohol tolerance. More and more alcohol is needed to fill its effort. Attempts of quitting or attempts of quitting are met with failure. If you, start, you try to stop doing anything, and you can't stop doing it, that means you got an addiction to that, whatever it is. I'm gonna say that again. If you try to stop doing something, you honestly want to quit doing something, and you can't stop doing it, you are addicted to whatever that is. If you like sugar, and you want to quit eating sugar, but you can't stay away from them donuts, that's because you're addicted to sugar. You know, if you like Coca-Cola and you want to quit drinking them, I'm not going to drink all them sodas no more, but you can't stop, you're addicted. If you like beer and you want to stop drinking that beer every day like you've been drinking it, but you can't, you got a problem. Whatever the case may be, if you like eating a lot and you can't stop eating a lot, you want to go on a diet and you can't stop eating a lot, you're addicted to eating and the minute that we we, we we recognize those things, the easier it is for us to say, okay, I got a problem. I need to now I you know I'm gonna pray about it, I'm gonna think about it, I'm gonna pray about it. You know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm see God's uh or uh, uh, God's help. And if your faith level is not that high, well, you don't you don't you know you don't know if God's gonna help you out quickly, then seek some professional help. Because everybody don't have the same faith level. But seek some type of help. If you truly want to stop, put it like that. Seek somebody's help. Because a lot of times we play them games with ourselves too. Because like I'm going say this, I'm going say it again. You know, we all know ourselves. And if some things come out of our mouth sounding good. But we really don't want to stop doing that thing. But it sounds good. You know, you might say I want to stop, but you really don't want to stop. We are, I remember when we was going on evangelism, maybe like twice a month, something like that, and we used to go by BJ's and go by the Blue Store. Well, anyway, we would buy the Blue Store, and there was a guy that was out there, and he was being candid. You know, me and Pastor was standing there. He was being candid with us, and he said, yeah, uh, I smoke crack. He said, but, you know, he said, every once in a while, I'll stop smoking it. just to see if I If I gotten over it, but then I go right back to smoking. But I'm not tripping because I know I got a problem. And I'm like, well, you know, you got a problem. Why keep going through that, that back and forth, knowing that you got a problem, knowing you got a problem? No, don't seek professional help. But it makes me think about something that an inmate told me. You no, know, he would stop smoking, but he, you know, he had he had the game down pat. He'd stop smoking whatever he was doing for a period of time because he was getting because there was stuff inside his system, so he'd get back to that original high again. Once he started. you know, he knew how to he knew how to work it. So maybe this is what this guy was doing. But it sounded good. Well, you know, just to see if I, if I didn't quit or whatever. you know, you know that uh, you know you leave it out your sister for a while. Now you, you when know, you go back to smoke that crack again, you go like woo wee. You are gonna be chasing like like you just chasing, not feeling nothing. You know, you're hot. You gonna be back almost like that first one. Well, that's my time. Again, we're still on alcohol. I'm talking about identifying identifying addictions and know the signs of alcoholism. We're gonna continue with that, and we're gonna get into some of the uh, what causes alcohol addiction. You know, which is not too. Uh, don't take a whole lot of rocket science to figure it out. What caused it? But there's also some other factors. You know what I'm saying? I will. Uh